listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny, and we have Jinx back again. Jinx, how are you? Pretty good, ready to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, today we're talking about Resident Evil 2. So, it's been about a year since I played Resident Evil 1. I was excited, but like nervous going into Resident Evil 2. I was expecting it to be a lot harder than it actually was. But I think that that helped because I went into it expecting, you know, this like challenge. And then it was like, okay, this isn't so bad. Like (laughs) I managed to get through it okay. But it's still got those like classic tank controls and uh, it's fun. But I played, um, I played the original PlayStation version the one that I specifically played was the DualShock Analog Controller Edition. I do have the other one as well that doesn't have the DualShock on there. Not that it really matters much. I don't know if it changes at all between those two. What version did you play? I played the GameCube version. And do you know which, what's different between the two? The The only real difference is just the mapping of the buttons to the GameCube controller. Other than that, the game is the same. So yeah, it was developed by Capcom and it was released in 1998 for the PlayStation and then it was ported out to the Nintendo 64 and Dreamcast in 2000. Uh, And then in 2003, they ported it out to the GameCube and then they just did the remake of the game in 2019, which I haven't played But I'll be curious to know what the major differences is, because I know that the first one, they did a remaster on the GameCube, and they changed a lot of the puzzles, so that's interesting. So, uh, you want to try and go over the story? (laughs) (laughs) Try. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The game starts about two months after the events of Resident Evil 1. You see Leon who is heading towards the police department uh, for his first day of work. And you see Claire, who's heading to the police department looking for her brother. Um, They end up finding each other and noticing that Raccoon City is completely overwhelmed by zombies. And in their attempt to escape, um, they get into a major car accident and they get separated where they make their way they both separately make their way to the police department and they have their own versions of the, the same story. So this is what's cool about this game is you can, you can play as Leon or Claire with very similar gameplay, but different story and different aspects, um, to the game as a whole, like Leon, you start walking right into the front of the police department where Claire, you're kind of going at it from the backside. So it's it's just neat, and it's it's interesting how the puzzles change, and we'll get more into that when we talk about the gameplay. Um, but for Claire, when she heads into the police department, a tyrant gets dropped onto the police department via a helicopter from Umbrella and chases Claire pretty much throughout the entire the entire game. Um, you find more about it a little later, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But she also runs into a little girl named Sherry. And Sherry is just this little kid who's just like, I don't know, barely managing to stay alive. 
actually, she does a little bit better than I did. And then Leon, he makes his way through the police department from the front doors, and he doesn't really get a whole lot of story development other than like basic background information of what's going on. You you get little bits and pieces of the G virus and people looking for the G virus and um, the the people who developed the G virus, which was um, William William Birkin. So um, Leon he makes his way straight through the police department and runs into Ada. She's looking for her boyfriend, John, who works for Umbrella. So, for whatever reason, I don't know if the Umbrella lab is super close to the police department or if it's supposed to be underground of the police department, but um, obviously the two are connected, and that's what Ada is there doing. She's looking for her boyfriend. Claire, while she's investigating the police department... um, we already kind of talked about Sherry, but she also runs into uh, the chief of police, who is um, Iron. Chief Irons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chief Irons. He has held himself up in his office, and you start finding out that the chief has been covering up a lot of Umbrella stuff in Raccoon City. And really being like the front man for the cover up of everything going on in Umbrella, and also kind of being the gatekeeper to the lab that is kind of within the police department. Um, everybody doesn't, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people like him, but when you run into him as Claire, you find out that because of the mess that Umbrella has made in the city, he is bound determined to just kill everyone. Anyone who's still alive, anyone who has been working with him, he tries to kill Claire. Um, He kills the mayor's daughter, who just happens to be in the study with him. I would assume that he was keeping her hostage or something similar. It's hard telling. Um, But then, as he's trying to kill Claire, the tyrant shows up and knocks him into the sewer and then a, I think a different monster then ends up killing him, right? It's the monster that William turns into. Yeah, he he attacks him, and a little sort of parasite guy is inside of Chief Irons after it and sort of busts out of him. Really? You don't remember uh, Chief Irons having the chestburster thing? No, I don't. Oh, man. I just remember Chief Irons falling down that um, sewer shoe and then, like, his torso being spit back up out of the sewers. But I don't remember I don't remember anything bursting out of him. I remember something bursting out of William. Chief Irons, he had the embryo burst out of his chest. I guess here's a good question. Did you play Claire's story first or Leon's story first? I usually start with Claire's first. See, I wonder if the story changes a little bit depending on who you play first. It does a little bit, uh, but not too much. Mainly, it's just the interaction between both. So, like, the weapons you choose uh, or the items. So, it's not too big of a difference. The main tyrants that you end up fighting against in Resident Evil 2 are the William Burke and Tyrant. And um, 
the tyrant that comes from the little guy that bursts out of Chief Irons. Um, and Mr. X is a tyrant, technically. Mr. X? Yeah. I don't remember. Do you remember? Do you remember um, the guy, the the obviously monster guy with like the big coat and hat that walks around with the oh, pale face? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one that falls from the helicopter. Yeah, that's Mister X. Gotcha. He's the one that was sent in. I so gotcha. you you go up against a few tyrants in this one. They had so many enemies in this one. It was great. Um, so Claire and Sherry head down towards the sewers. Um, Leon also is kind of heading towards the sewers around the same time. They do have some times where they bump into each other. Um, for example, in the stars like room where Chris would have been and Jill would have been, um, they find it empty and they find that Chris isn't at the police department. He's off doing something else. So it, it kind of turns into, Claire and Leon just need to make it out of Raccoon City to try and avoid this zombie apocalypse that they found themselves in. Um, so while they make their way to the sewer, uh, again, Leon finds Ada, and they run into William Birkin, who is the creator of the G-Virus. He's kind of distraught about the accident and the problems that he's caused, and he knows that Umbrella is searching for him to obtain the G-Virus. Um, but he, like, doesn't he inject himself with the G-Virus? He ends up turning into a monster that you fight later. Right. He, um, well, he was on the verge of death and in his last moments decided that that was better. <laughs> um, so he injected himself with the G virus and became a tyrant. Gotcha. Yeah. I just, I, I remember the embryo coming out of William and going down into that room where you have to put the, the chess pieces in. And that's yeah. where you fight, you fight the like first boss with Leon in that room. And then as Claire, you go through that room, but there's nothing in there. And you don't actually have a decent boss fight until you go down the chute. After Iron dies, you go down the chute and um, you confront the tyrant who really looks like William. So William Birkin, who was the scientist that did work for them, um, with his experiments, he did create the G-Virus. Um, and... Obviously, he feels ownership over it. He he wants a say-so in what happens with it. Obviously, these things are being created for bioweapons, for military, basically. Um, so, William didn't want his work to be taken. And, and I guess, like, until he hands it over or they take it, it is still his. And um, he didn't want to give up ownership, basically, so that's why they went in there and tried to assassinate him and take all of what he made. That makes sense. Yeah. So in the meantime, um, Claire and Sherry has been tormented by this other tyrant that's been chasing them around. And you start to learn from... I, I think you learn mainly from uh, Sherry's mom, right? An Anita? Annette? 
Annette. Annette. And um, you find out that she, Sherry has been carrying around the G-Virus in her pendant this whole time. And the tyrant is looking for the G-Virus. That is its objective. So it's basically just been trolling you and stalking you this whole game to get that pendant. Claire ends up taking the pendant from Sherry and throwing it over the edge to avoid the tyrant getting a hold of it. And the tyrant that um, has been chasing Claire this whole time falls into this massive pit of molten metal. Uh, but Ada ends up picking up the pendant. Is it Ada or is it Annette who picks it back up? I believe it's Ada. He's interrupted by a hysterical Annette uh, who explains to him that Ada's relationship with John is only a means to get information about Umbrella. There is no John, really. Right. Uh, Annette tells Leon that Ada's a spy meant to steal the G-Virus from some unknown organization. Um, And just as Annette is about to shoot Leon, the tyrant appears and she's forced to retreat. Um, Ada returns to save Leon and... Uh, battles the tyrant which falls into the pit of molten metal see like this stuff here maybe i'm just not remembering leon's part as well as i thought i did yeah the scenarios you can kind of get mixed up with sometimes if you haven't played them like over and over again yeah well because you're not used to it you only played one playthrough for each right right yeah there's technically four stories in this and they're similar but different. So it's easy to forget which character you did what with and at what time because they like cross into each other and over and they affect each other. So, I mean, you might not remember that you did something on Claire's scenario B and not Leon's scenario A or something. Right. Sure. So let's see. Um, they make their way through the police department. They go into the sewer, um, where they kind of meet up with the first things of the tyrant, you know, with William and Ada. Um, and then they, they kind of follow their way down into the, the laboratory where Ada gets wounded and Leon goes to find help for Ada and, in the process running into Annette, Annette tells him that Ada's just a spy. When Leon goes back to check on um, Ada, she's gone. And during this time, um, Claire and Sherry are also down in the lab and they're being chased around by this other tyrant. And in the power room, the tyrant smashes a um, like a power unit before falling into the molten lava, but that smashing of the power unit causes the facility to go into a self-destruct mode. So they're on this timer to then escape the facility. Uh, both Leon and Claire, in both scenarios, this happens. Um, on their way out, Leon runs into Ada who is trying to get the G-Virus from Annette. And Annette ends up... She, she, she ends up getting shot or something, right? By Leon? 
or is it by Ada? Annette and and Ada have sort of a, a standoff, and each does get wounded, but um, William ends up officially sort of finishing off uh, Annette. She'll she dies after um, her inter- interaction with him. How does how does Ada end up almost falling over the edge? I guess that's where I'm getting tripped up over. Um, the they're on a platform in the air, and it sort of starts to like break away, and she ends up hanging off of it at one point. Gotcha. So, um, Ada falls off this bridge. Leon then makes his way to the emergency exit, which ends up being this train. And he finds Claire down there. Um, and then they, they escape on the train together. However, like backing up just a little bit after the power thing with, with Claire and the alarm starts going off, Claire rushes to find Sherry and they make their way down to the emergency hatch to activate the train. And I, I guess it depends on what scenario you pick. When do you do the like the the missile launcher? For me, I did the missile launcher fight, the, the tyrant fight where you get the missile launcher from Ada. I did that with Claire. But I would assume that it's whoever had the B scenario. So like for me... When I played as Leon, Leon just like jumped on the train and then they they left. But then when I played as Claire, Claire actually turned the train on. And as she's turning the train on with this like timer ticking down, you have to fight one of the tyrants. And in the middle of this fight with the tyrant, Ada shows up and throws a, a rocket launcher down. And you shoot the tyrant with the rocket launcher. And then you board the train and start heading out of town. Right. Um, so is the scenario I, different depending on who you play first? It is if it's the same file. Um, so like if if Claire is playing A and Leon's playing B, then in that same file, they're not going to both have that that fight. So would it be if Leon was your second playthrough, does Leon then fight the tyrant with the rocket launcher? Uh, if Claire did it first, I don't believe so. I see. Well, in any case, they both get on the train that's heading out of town. Or, yeah. And they get stopped once again by the big tyrant who is trying to stop the train. And um, for me, anyway, Claire uh, shoots a rocket at the tyrant once again. And it kills off the the tyrant stopping him from taking over the train. And um, Sherry manages to use the small windows to get into the train's um, uh, controller port to stop the train from, I don't know, derailing or something. Something super exciting and action-packed, you know. And then the train comes to a stop just outside of town and everyone is safe and they decide to go their separate ways where Claire is still trying to find um, Chris. And um, I don't know, what does Leon decide to do to see what's to try and find more information about Umbrella or 
the like. Yeah, he he decides he's going to pursue it more. Sure. So hopefully, hopefully we didn't butcher it too much. How do you feel about the story? Honestly, I loved it. Um, I mean, this story is sort of a follow-up to the first one, and the first one was great, but I feel like this one uh, enhanced what the first one gave us. So it is very story-rich. There's so much to do in this one. There's more enemies. Um, And it's, it's a little more complicated, isn't it? Because in the first one, you didn't have scenarios. Um, And in the second one, each character has their scenario A and scenario B. So this game is uh, pretty amazing with the story, in my opinion. There's, there's a lot to it. Right. Yeah. It's really cool how they can take basically the same game and just retell it with a few tweaks and changes to make it a, a whole different experience. And I mean, it's it's not even just the story, but like the gameplay rolls into that too. Um, but like, it makes sense, right? So like, Leon, he's gonna run into different people at different times, and Claire's gonna run into different people at different times. So it's just neat to see both sides and then have it com- combined into one overall story. It's really a genius way to, one, extend what is kind of a short game to be a lot longer because you need to play, you know, a, a at least one other time to get the full story. Um, but also, you know, just having so much story in there is really neat, too. I mean coming from Resident Evil 1 that had just a very linear storyline and, you know, you kind of have to dig for a lot of those details to Resident Evil 2 that has a lot more, you know, story-heavy and really focusing on, you know, trying to get you to figure out what the pu- what what's going on, you know? Right. Well, well what I think it- the main difference is between the first and the second Resident Evil is the first one was just classically survival horror. Um, there wasn't much else going on other than surviving. I mean, you get little information here and there, but for the most part, you're just, you're just surviving. However, Resident Evil two, you're not just surviving, but there's all these other things in the story. There's mysteries like what's up with chief irons. Who's that guy, that tyrant that keeps following us, Mr. X, Um, you know, like what's going on? Uh, Because in the first one, you were mainly inside of a mansion and then you sort of go to a few other areas, but it was just sort of maintained in, in very small areas. This one, you're all over the city. You're in a factory. Um, you're just, you're in a sewer, a police station, uh, underground lab, you're all over the place. And there's just so much more to it. There's so many little side mysteries to solve while you're surviving. So it's just sort of like Resident Evil one, you know, but enhanced to the fullest. I think this is why Resident Evil two is one of the most beloved games in the, the franchise. Sure. Um, what I found interesting when when you're playing as Leon, you're seeing bits and pieces of Claire's story, and like for example, you don't meet um, 
Chief Irons at all playing as well, at least for me, playing as Leon. I didn't see him at all. I yeah, in fact I can't uh, even get into that hallway as Leon. Yeah, he Chief Irons is exclusive to Claire's story. Sure. So and and as you're playing Leon's side, and and for me playing him first, I I knew of Chief Irons. Like I kind of understood that he was this kind of like gross guy and not doing very strange things around the the police department um like his uh his secretaries when you read some of the secretary notes they just they talk about how how gross of a guy he is and how mean he is and how much that how much the the secret of umbrella is taking a toll on him um, through the the time, I guess. I don't know how many, maybe years, I don't know. Um, but you can tell that it starts stressing him out. And some of the notes from the people in the, in the police department are saying, oh, you know, Chief Irons has really been acting strange lately. He seems very stressed out. And, you know, normally he would really yell at me about leaning on this painting, but he didn't today or whatever. Um... But then when you play as Claire, you actually meet Chief Irons. And so I already had this background knowledge of, oh, it's this guy. And then when you finally get to meet him, you realize he really is this, like, disgusting guy that, you know, from Leon's side, I already knew that he was this disgusting guy. And then on Claire's side, it's like, validation. Yeah, yeah, he is this creep. So I wasn't too sad when uh, when he died. <laughs> You knew he was going to die. He was meant to die. He was a sick guy, for sure. Um, I didn't like Sherry at all. And she felt like... You didn't like Ashley in Resident Evil 4 either. That's right? true, <laughs> yeah. But I, I kind of feel like Sherry was worse as a character than Ashley. Like, Ashley was annoying, yes. And Ashley, you know, just made the the game more difficult. Where Sherry, like, didn't really add much to the game, and she was just annoying. <laughs> Plus, see, you actually get to play with both Sherry and Ada, and Sherry, you're not given any weapons or anything, so it's a little more stressful when you're going through, like, those little areas trying to avoid the zombies as Sherry, because you're defenseless. Oh, it's yeah, amazing but it she is. survived. Yeah. Well, it definitely uh, gives you a scare factor. You know, it's kind of scary. You're, you're this little girl. You can't really do too much. And you're running past all these zombies and stuff. Like, that's that's pretty scary. I'd say that's a lot scarier than um, when you were controlling Ashley in Resident Evil 4. Because at least then you sort of could throw lamps and different things. Right. But Sherry's pretty slow. That's true. She is. She's a little bit slower and she's defenseless. So it's... It's just like Ashley's, when you play as Ashley in Resident Evil 4, it's like the same concept. It's just a little more, I don't know, it's a little more freaky because you can't really do much about it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. Well, Sherry, Sherry is an important part of the story. She is the reason that William ends up following them because Sherry has the G virus. Um, like when she talks, she doesn't add too much to the story. Um, it's mainly what you find out from her mother 
that really uh, gives Sherry life in this story, just as a person. Sure. Well, I mean, from that perspective, I don't really know much about Sherry. Like, I know that her mom and dad worked in the, you know, they're they're in Umbrella. Her dad is William. Her mom is um, Annette. But it's like, I, I don't well, really see her significance, really, other than carrying around the G-Virus in her necklace. Like, that's the only significance that I gleamed out of the story. Well, uh, I mean... She has she has a story. It's not really really flesh fleshed out, but um, she was essentially neglected by her parents. Her parents uh, didn't even seem like they wanted children. They just happened to have Sherry, and they were so involved with their work, they just didn't really care too much about her. And it does show. I mean, she ends up running around the place, you know, without any adults um they really just didn't take care of her yeah um ada i i found it funny that she was still like she just shows up in the in the police department and leon's just like yeah okay like, I don't know, it seems funny to me that, like, I know that, that she's there under this other company trying to get, you know, the G-Virus, but, like, she has, from from Leon's perspective, she has really no reason on being there, and he just takes this without any, you know, hesitation, and then, you know, when he finds out that she is actually a spy... He is just like, what? No way. She's my friend. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> like, you've known her for what? An hour? Maybe? <laughs> yeah. Leon likes to play dumb, especially with hot ladies, you know? <laughs> That's what <laughs> but, uh, but um, he he didn't know her intentions, but he knew something was funny about her being there. And they they knew each other a little bit. Um, they had met previously but yeah they weren't like close they didn't know each other yet although there is tension uh throughout the game and in leon's scenarios where you sort of feel like they do know each other deeply even though they don't um and i don't know it seems like there's a little bit of a um flirting and sort of a a connection that way going on they like each other they care about each other but yeah. yeah, when he finds out what she's there for, he's he's clueless. He's like, "What? No, <laughs> stop, stop being cute, stop being a cute lady, stop." <laughs> <laughs> it 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 is. It's just silly that I don't know. It from my perspective, it seems like that Ada is flirting with Leon to get her way, and Leon's just like, "Okay." <laughs> Well, that was sort of a big stereotype, wasn't it? For sure, uh, yeah, yeah. For fair men, it, even in gaming, just there aren't a lot of men uh, in those older era of games where it's like some some hot ladies in front of them, and the hot ladies obviously trying to get some information or something from them, and uh, like nine times out of ten, the guy falls for it. You sure. know, it's just a it's just a trope that they've been doing for a long time. So what did you give it for a story, score-wise? Honestly, for story, 
I thought it was really well done, especially being a sequel. Um, I gave it a 10. Nice. I think it's a, I think it's a great story. I think it's rich. I think, I think it's a huge story because if you add up all the scenarios you go through, uh, it's, it's a really extensive game. There's so many hidden things in the game that no one talks about either hidden weapons and enemies. So, and, and the unlockables, everything just adds to the story. It's just so good. So yeah, 10 for me. I originally had it a six and I, I think you've convinced me for sure that it's, it's definitely more than a six. Um, It is. It hurt hearing that from, from my perspective, like I played it through as Leon and I got the gist of what the heck was going on. Like, you know, obviously an accident happened in the lab. Everyone started turning into zombies and um, William made every effort to contain the G-Virus and keep it. Um, and, and playing as Leon, you pick up all these story cues as you go. And you pick up all of, you know, you hear or you, you uh, read all of the notes from, you know, everyone who's left notes behind for you to get a gist of what's going on in the world as a whole or in the game as a whole. Um, then you play as Claire and you get like just a little bit more story. I don't feel like it's that much more story, but like from, from an overall glance, I'm like, ah, but it's the same thing twice. But as we're talking about it, I agree that there's definitely more there in playing it twice, like Claire has way more story than, than just the same thing Leon had uh, again. So no, I it's it's definitely more than a six. I brought my score to an eight. Um, I think I'm left a little more confused than I probably should be, and uh, but again, that's playing it through just the one time, if you want to call it one time, you know, playing it through as Leon and then as Claire. Yeah, the more the more you play it through, the more you'll make connections. There's so many connections to make. You'll you'd be surprised. Sure, yeah, and I think that that's the biggest difference between me and you talking about it. You've played it several times. You know the story a lot better than me for sure. So for for me, having only played it through once, I'm feeling a little more confused about some of the finer details. Like I, I get the gist of the story and, and sure it's good, but yeah, I think that there's a lot more to uncover and it, it does leave me wanting to figure more out. So yeah, definitely deserves a better score than a six. So I, I brought it up to an eight. Um, Yay. I still think that Sherry's dumb though, <laughs> but <laughs> less, I think I think maybe less dumb than Ashley. She she definitely didn't get in the way as much. Though at yeah. one point she took a shower in the sewer and I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, there's some strange things that happen for sure. So but, let's... Oh, go ahead. Did you have anything else? Oh, oh no. I was just going to reiterate just oh. that the story, I've, I feel like is one of the better stories in a resident evil game. I, I, I don't think it's a bad story. I think it's a quality story. 
for a Resident Evil game, which the Resident Evil games aren't really known for their stories, but this is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's go ahead and move on to graphics. Um, they're really good for a PS One game for sure. They're better than Resident Evil One. Um, not by a ton, but by enough that. I feel like I notice like the, the people, they have faces, they're pretty well defined faces, the enemies, you can see a lot more detail than the first one. Like you can definitely tell that this is a, a significant jump from resident evil one to resident evil two. It's like they're blocky, but they're a little less blocky. Exactly. (laughs) They're blocky, but they have faces now. Yep blocks with faces but um yeah the graphics for being a ps1 game are are really good and they were great for the the time that they came out everybody everybody who played this game was impressed at the time and if you remember any cut scenes during resident evil 2 those were actually pretty decent decent quality for a ps1 game um and graphically uh the PS1, uh, GameCube version, um, and I do believe the Dreamcast version, all were just direct ports from the PS1. Um, so they all have more or less the same graphics. Yeah. Yeah, and it really didn't get any overhaul until they did the remake just a few years ago. Um which I guess in some ways shows you how decent of a game it was that they didn't feel like that they needed to spend any time on, you know, doing an overhaul on it until just recently. But, you know, PS one as a whole doesn't really hold up all that well graphically to this day and age, but for its time, I mean, resident evil one came out in 96 resident evil two came out two years later and th- I don't know, I don't, I'm not really sure if I feel like there's a ton of graphical enhancements, but there's definitely enough to be noticeable. Like, they put enough time in, like, the outside stuff. Um, when you're outside the police department walking the streets, there's a lot of, like, trash around, and there's a lot of stuff on fire, and it's just neat to see that level of detail put into it. Right. And and if you look at the zombies, um, there's actually a decent amount of variation with the zombies on Resident Evil 2 versus Resident Evil 1 and even some later Resident Evil games. Um, they really put a lot into into everything, just the surroundings, um, the enemies and the characters. Yeah. The cutscenes, um, they're not live action this time. <laughs> <laughs> they must have realized no. that that was not a good idea. Um, oh, I love the live action ones. They were so <laughs> cringy, but they were good. Me too. I I liked these cutscenes, but I could tell that it was PS One era. Like the the cutscenes were definitely better than regular gameplay, but their movements were very stiff, and their their faces looked very long. Um, but, but the skin was perfectly smooth. That's true. Yeah, very good. You don't skin. need any moisturizers. Just have to be <laughs> from that PS One era. 
That's very true. Um, so what did you what did you give it for a score for gameplay, or sorry for graphics? For graphics, I gave it a nine because it it wasn't perfect, but it was still amazing. I mean, these graphics are PS one graphics, but they're still very playable today. So sure. I think it's a solid nine. I gave it an eight. Um, you know, again, really, really good. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I wonder if maybe I, I'll be curious to see how resident evil three holds up. Um, if they do even more enhancements yet, but comparing it to my memory of other, uh, 1998 PS one games, it's kind of normal. Like it's, it's still, it's really good, especially looking at it from, the original Resident Evil, but there's there's definitely quite a bit of room that they could have focused a little bit harder. Granted, they had this game came out on two discs, which seems odd to me that they didn't try harder to make it even more graphically intensive. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about. It's such a big game, honestly, <laughs> and and there was unlockables, and like even though the graphics aren't like the best of what we've seen from the PS1 era. Um, when you break it down, they did use a lot of pixels. They did a lot of detail in the game. Um, so the workmanship is there. Sure. Yeah. They really did take the base game of resident evil one and just make it better, which is what you would expect for a sequel to a game series. Um, even, even the details as far as items, when you, you know, you can inspect the items in your inventory and, you know, same sparkle, you know, when you're looking at that's one of of my favorite things, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's so satisfying to rotate those keys on the screen and see them, you know, shimmering and, ah, it's, it's neat. It makes them feel more real to me. Like it's a little more immersive. It's not just a flat. Thing. I can I can move around the item and look at it and inspect it and maybe even find, you know, something about it that I have to, I don't know, push a button or trigger something and then it turns into something else. Right. Well, uh, do you want to move on to gameplay? Sure. All right. Um, gameplay, I gave it a nine out of ten. What did you What did you give it for gameplay? I gave it. <laughs> I gave it a very generous 10. <laughs> it it really is uh, it again, Resident Evil 1 better. And like Resident Evil 1 already had good gameplay, but then porting it to Resident Evil 2, it's just that much better of an experience. Um the first thing that I noticed as soon as I started playing is that aiming was way easier and i don't think that it was so much that i was used to the controls though i was significantly better at the controls than i was when i started resident evil one but also the aiming is a little bit more aided than it was in resident evil one resident evil one you had to be like on target to be able to hit it where this game was a little more generous yeah um and on on this one for the gameplay, I really enjoyed the puzzles. There were there were some that were more challenging than others, but 
um, a lot of the puzzles on Resident Evil 2, I feel really stood out. Um, but there were there were some that stood out really well in Resident Evil 1 as well. But um, I feel like they did more or less pretty good with the puzzles. I would have liked to have seen the puzzles be a little more thought intensive where for the most part, the puzzles in the game were what like you had to have items in a specific order. Um, like you had it, like you, you came across an, uh, a puzzle that needed the lighter, but then like, how do you get the lighter? Well, you got to go back to this room to get the lighter, but if you don't have it, you don't know that it's in that room. Um, but there were very few puzzles that were like, okay, like in Resident Evil 1, you had that puzzle where you had to mix all of the ingredients together to make that one, like, potion thing for the roots. There wasn't anything, like, super thought-provoking, you know, nothing that, that really made me have to sit down and think about to solve the puzzle. Does that make sense? I think this one was more the answers are around, but you gotta find them, but um, the thing is, if you don't know where to look, like, um, in the the police gathering room, uh, to unlock the safe in the office, you have to look around at the desks and read their names to figure out what letters in, and in what sequence Wait, to what? use to open that. Yeah. When I came across the safe, there was a note somewhere that said, oh, hey, we moved the safe to this location, and here's the code. And that was it. Like, I don't, I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Oh, well, it was one of the safes. I'm not sure if you hit it then. but Maybe, yeah, maybe I missed a different safe. But some, like I said, I feel like some of the puzzles were pretty good. Some of them were easy, though. Um, but overall, I liked them. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I only really got stuck once and I kind of talked to you about it when I did get stuck. It was, it was so annoying. I played as Leon and, and this is the whole problem that I ran into when I played as Leon, I kind of had a general understanding of where the rooms were and where they were laid out. So then when I played as Claire, there was significantly less investigation involved. So I was just like, okay, I know where this room is. I'm going to go to this room. I'm going to unlock this door and I'm going to move on. Well, I got to a point where I need the, the lighter. And when I was, I, Claire doesn't start off with the lighter. So like you have to hunt it down. So it's like, well, wh where do I get the lighter? I don't know. I know that there's one room that needs unlocked, but I don't have the key for that room. It was the spade or something like that. Well, it turns out, and, and here I spent so much time. I looked in every single room. I looked at every... I, I think I killed every single enemy in every single room trying to figure out what the heck I was supposed to do. Finally, when I looked it up, I realized that I missed a plaque on the wall that was at a dead end. So because I had played as Leon playing as clear again, I knew that that hallway led to a dead end. So there was no point in going down that way, but I needed the pendant out of that plaque to be able to get the key to be able to get the lighter. <laughs> so it was like this right. one piece that I missed that just, 
cascaded into this big problem and being stuck. But, you know, again, having played as Leon, I knew, you know, that that was just a dead end. So, I don't know, it was funny. Yeah, it's good to it's good to explore even if you did play the opposite character's scenario the first time around because there are little differences, but yeah, there's there's things you can miss for sure. I liked how playing as Leon and playing as Claire, like you you're coming at it from a different angle and a different perspective. So the puzzles change a little bit because of that. And I really appreciated that. Like you had to, like you, I already knew playing again, playing as Leon. I already knew the layout of the, of the police department. I understood the puzzles, but from Claire's perspective, the doors are locked in a different order because you're coming at it from a different spot. So you have to unlock them, you know, differently. I don't know. It just, it made, it made the same puzzle of unlocking all the doors different enough to be interesting. Right. And um, Claire and Leon, we, we talked about it a little bit. Claire and Leon have different weapons and that kind of adds to the challenge of the game. Like Leon has the shotgun. So I was able to go into certain rooms and just blast, you know, enemies away with the shotgun where Claire doesn't get the shotgun. She gets the, the um, crossbow, which is yeah good but it's not as good as the shotgun so like you have to be a little more creative and thoughtful on how you take out certain enemies and which ones which ones you just skip altogether yeah and you have to be careful um with weapons and uh leave certain ones in the item boxes too those item boxes throughout the game um because they'll carry over into the next gameplay Wait, what? What? Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry if that's confusing. So like when you do when you do your your first scenario, certain things that you leave in the item boxes will be there in the next playthrough. Interesting. Right. Which which item boxes? You know the the big ones that are everywhere that are universal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, it just it seems like I left a bunch of stuff in there from Leon's playthrough, and I don't remember any of that stuff being in there. I'm pretty sure it was empty when I played as Claire. Oh, interesting. I'm not to say that I'm not wrong, but it just it I don't I don't remember anything carrying over. Um, I thought it was fun though that certain spots that I knew that there was ammo might not have had ammo. So then you had to look elsewhere yeah. for ammo. If you take, like, say there's, like, three three packs of ammo laying around. If you take them all, then if you play the next character's scenario, there there might not be any there. Yeah. Um, so it's good to leave a little bit. Um, one thing that was an enhancement from the first Resident Evil was the changes in the characters when you get hurt, they didn't really have this in the first one. So in Resident Evil 2, as you get hurt, the character starts hunching over and their speed starts to slow down, depending on how hurt you are. That was an enhancement. I liked that a lot because I knew just by looking at them where I was. 
health-wise. So, like, if I'm limping real bad, obviously, okay, I need to stop and heal up. Where in the first game, yeah, there was no indication. So it was just like, all of a sudden you die, and you're like, why did I die? I was fine. But this game, you know, you have that clear indication of your, basically, your health bar is your character, you know? Yeah, it was a smart way to have you pay attention to their health without having a health bar on screen, which probably they were they didn't want because they were like, that'll look ugly. Let's not have that on screen. <laughs> yeah, they did a really good job at not having any real any any hub whatsoever. Like there's there's no there's no data on screen for you other than your character. You know, if you want to know how many rounds you have, you have to open up your menu and check how many rounds you have or, you know, keep a mental tally of, okay, I've used three rounds, you know. I like that there was no hub. It definitely helped with immersion. Yeah. Um, what, what weapons did you like more, Claire's or Leon's? Honestly, I've always had a thing for the shotgun. <laughs> So, uh, typically, typically I take the shotgun with, uh, Claire, Claire even though like Claire can get to the shotgun. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't find a shotgun with Claire. Did you take it with Leon? Yeah. That's why. Ah, I see. Yeah. Uh, see, that's, that's another thing. Uh, depending on what weapons you take and you pick up, it, it won't be there for the next scenario um but yeah my my favorite weapons tend to be on claire's side so something that i'm realizing more and more as we talk we've played the same game but i feel like we had completely different experiences you know what i mean like depending on how you play your experience can be drastically different just within each gameplay that's i don't know it's just really cool it's really smart of them to do things that way yeah it's one of the best um things about this game that's why i gave the gameplay such a high mark because there's so many things you can do there's so much replayability because you can change it up um and there's so many unlockables if you do really good if you get a really good rating there's different things you can unlock like you can unlock a uh, fourth survivor mode where you play hunk or or tofu and and you can unlock extreme battle which you just you're fighting a bunch of monsters um but you can unlock weapons you can unlock um weapons with unlimited ammo um it's great they don't really do this with games anymore I mean, I didn't feel like the game was overly hard by any means, although I did play it on, like, regular mode or whatever. Um, But, yeah, like, I never really found myself running out of ammo too terribly much. Like, I, I never felt like it was critical. Also, I felt like there was plenty of healing items laying around, so there wasn't any time that I'm like, oh, man, unlimited ammo would be amazing. But Did you play normal or easy mode? Um, I usually play as normal mode, whatever, whatever it was. Like, I, I definitely didn't play easy mode, but I played as, I, I didn't play hard mode either. <laughs> yeah, it's really limited on weapons and ammo if you play harder modes. Sure. 
So it's definitely worth it to unlock some of those weapons. Um, and usually you just have to make really good time on things running through the game. And uh, uh, I think less saves and less healing herbs and you'll get a higher rating. Yeah, both of my games were E, which I think is the lowest score, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it's A through E. But it didn't it didn't bother me any. Like, I was just happy to make it through the game. <laughs> now, if I were to play it again, I'm sure that I would do a better score just because I know what to expect, and, you know, I know I know the game now. So it's a little bit easier to go through it a second time, probably strive for a better score, strive to unlock some of these things. Again, going back to the replayability of it. Right. Somebody, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's definitely uh, more important to play it your first time and just enjoy it. And then after that, sort of go for all the unlockables and everything. Yeah. You've gotten a taste of the game. That's exactly how I was playing it. Just play it to play the game and experience what the game has, you know, and go through it a little more cautiously. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's in the next room. You know, I don't uh, I could open this room and there might be a dozen zombies waiting for me. And sometimes there were. Right. There were a lot more um, enemies in this one than in the first Resident Evil there were that was another I feel like that they were easier to avoid though in this game where the last game they were a little more difficult to avoid um and when they got you it hurt a little more where in in 2 when they got you if you were mashing the buttons fast enough you could knock them over without taking too much damage and then you could just run past them but then, you know, if you find yourself backtracking, you got to face them again, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I think the difference with that between Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2 is, yeah, they both had fixed angles. But on Resident Evil 1, the fixed angles were in much tighter areas um, in general. So it made it a little harder to notice or avoid a zombie in the next little chunk of where you're going. Whereas, like, Resident Evil 2, they had fixed angles, but they had them in such a way that you had a bigger viewpoint of what's in front of you. It was a little easier to avoid some of the enemies. Yeah, most of the time. There were a few rooms that I noticed where I kind of have to blindly go around the corner. Which, again, I'm sure that they're trying to add to that fear, you know part of the game where it's like you don't know you know you could be walking into the arms of a zombie and most of the time I was but <laughs> it, it made it it made it more fun that way and yeah. they didn't do it too one often of, you know yeah well one of the brilliant things about these older more classic Resident Evils is that you you don't always get the luxury of seeing what's around the corner like you said you have a fixed viewpoint uh, what you have to do at that point is use your ears, basically. You're sure. listening for zombie footsteps. You're listening for moans and groans. Um, so you just have to listen. And it sort of enhances, you know, you being on edge, which makes the game scarier. So it's pretty brilliant. Um, well, what was your favorite enemy and least favorite? Um, 
My favorite enemy... I mean, probably the traditional zombie. I mean, only because they're easy to avoid and easy to kill. They're slow. Um, the liquors were really Wait. neat looking, but they were such a pain in the butt because they're low to the ground. And with yeah. their tongues extending as far as they do, you can't really run away. Well, and they're super fast, too. So they're just, like, an overall kind of an aggravating enemy. Um, the dogs were back in this game. I Oh, I know. You love the dogs. I hated the dogs. I, I still hate <laughs> the dogs. Th- luckily, there was only, like, maybe four. And, oh, no. There was a few more when you got to the dog kennel. But, I mean, there was significantly less in this game than the last game. The last game, they, like, spammed the dogs, and, oh, that was terrible. Um, I kind of was waiting for the, um, what are those green guys in the first one called? Green guys? Yeah, the, like, the frog, the frog things in the first game. When you make... I'm blank right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, in any case, the, I was kind of expecting those guys to come back just because they were such a pain in the butt. So I was kind of I was I was kind of happy that they didn't. But um I don't know the least favorite probably the liquors. Though they were they were pretty easy to avoid too, but they were still because they were so fast. They probably killed me the most. Yeah. I you? was um I was saying, uh, I'll, I'll answer it, but um, did you notice a lot of times when you were just in halls and it, there was a fixed camera angle that you got a an extreme close-up of, like, zombie butts? Yeah, that happened a lot. <laughs> uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I mean, I, I think they consciously did that because they thought it was funny. Well, and it obstructed your view. So mm-hmm. as you're trying to, you know, get somewhere, if a zombie's in front of the camera, you're you're kind of screwed, you know? There's nothing you can really do about it. You know, on those zombie butts, I noticed they put, like, a mole on each butt, too. I can't <laughs> say I noticed. I, I noticed. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Alright. So, my favorite enemy, probably... Was I mean it, it's got to be between the zombies and the spiders because uh, the zombies are just entertaining and the spiders are fairly easy to get rid of. But overall, I'll probably pick zombies for my favorite. They're just so iconic. They're funny, and you get to see their butts, obviously. <laughs> um, my least favorite is also liquors because they were the most annoying. That's partly why I like to take the shotgun with me as Claire because. I generally pick Claire first and um, I did not want to deal with the liquors. So blowing him away with a shotgun was always like a good feeling. Plus just with regular enemies like zombies, I loved holding the shotgun up in the air and waiting till the last second and then blowing a bunch of their heads off, their brains flying. That was always so much fun. Nice. I didn't do that in my playthrough. I kind of wanted to, but I didn't... Like, I don't know that sweet spot of where to fire before they, like, lunge at you. So, I I was too chicken to try. (laughs) Just takes a little bit of practice. Yeah. 
I forgot all about the spiders. Um, I just completely avoided the spiders. I don't think I killed any of them. Yeah, they're so easy, honestly. They I were. guess if you have a fear of spiders, then they'd, they'd be something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they didn't bother me at all. I, th- there were a few times that they were on the on the walls. Not so much the ceilings. The ceilings was fine because all they did was spit up on you. But when they're on the walls, they'll like hold out their arms and then like charge you. And that was kind of frightening. <laughs> I always think those look kind of funny when they do that. <laughs> yeah, they they do look funny, but they're, they're just also... trying to hug you. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yep, they're just lonely. They need hugs. Ah, dangerous hugs. Very dangerous hugs. Oh, and the liquors. Did you ever get grabbed by their tongues? I think that once. Was, that is always so annoying when the liquors uh, grab you with their tongues and just drag you. Yeah, I think I had that happen once. Yeah, you have to sort of wait to get out of that whole, like, stranglehold and then fight them again. And they do so much damage to you. That's why I hate the liquors. And they have, like, no recoil time. So, like, you fire at them and they just keep attacking you while you're unloading your gun. (sighs) Oh, yeah, they're fast. Annoying. They're real fast. I think the worst one is the one in the hallway on the second floor um, in the main entrance where like you have that um, you have the rail that goes around the like balcony that goes around the, the The balcony inside the um, police station. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's one liquor. There might be more than that, but there's one liquor that guards the, um, the ladder. And I kept just like, he's easy enough to avoid, so I would just avoid him, though as many times as he hit me, I may as well have just killed him. Yeah, they do a lot of damage. Um, typically, unless you're trying for like a really good ranking, um, I think it's a good rule of thumb to kill lickers if they're in your path at all. Yeah. Did you know that um, the hallway where the liquor is... Um, there's there's that hallway where there's the headless policeman and the liquor is up on the ceiling with like dripping blood. Did you know yeah. that the policeman's head is actually stuck on the ceiling? I think I've heard that, but I never notice when I'm playing. Like I've seen that on like other YouTube videos, but yeah. yeah they they cropped it out, I think, for some sort of, you know, it was too gruesome or something. So instead of instead of cutting it out of the game, they just cropped that camera angle so that you couldn't see it. But if you were to <laughs> like somehow move the camera around, it would still be there dripping. <laughs> it's just a fun little, yeah. you know, thing. I don't know. Something that I noticed when I was playing, I'm like, "Hey, I remember this. I remember seeing a YouTube something or other on this." Yeah, there's so many little hidden things in this game. That's like I said, that's why I gave the gameplay such such a high mark because like even in the in the first 5 minutes of the game there's actually a secret. Um if you when you start, if you don't pick up any ammo on your way to um the police station and you go under that bridge, you'll encounter um one like a like a super zombie 
Really? And yeah. And if you kill him, you get a special key, I believe. And you get like a really good weapon or item or something. Hmm. I have tried. It's really hard to kill him. You have to run there as quickly as you can. And you go under under the bridge. And if you have any ammo, use it. But you can't use you can't pick up ammo at all on your way. Otherwise, um, you'll mess it up, and he won't be down there. But you have to use your knife and what little ammo you have. But he's like a super zombie, so he does a lot of damage to you. And you don't really have health or anything yet because you just started the game. But like that's a secret right there in the first five minutes. Is he like? A normal zombie, like graphically, is he a normal zombie or is he just like one of the tyrants or something? Um, he looks like a normal zombie. He looks like a soldier zombie. Mm. Um, I forget his name. I do believe he was, um, like part of Stars or something. Uh, and he's just like a muscular zombie under the stairs. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm really hard to do though like he does so much damage to you Ah, hmm. uh, well anything else you want to talk about gameplay wise before we move on um i think we have it pretty much covered just amazing overall yeah all right um so music music and sound effects um i gave it a 10 out of 10 nice it's like Again, the the base game of Resident Evil 1, but better. The sound effects in the background were just perfect, and you could almost tell exactly where the zombies were in the room and how many there were. Um, but then, like, the voice acting was really good. It was really solid voice acting this time. Aside from Sherry, who was, like, just annoying, but I, I mean, she's a kid, she's supposed to be annoying. But otherwise, I mean, it wasn't too, you know, blocky in their speech. (laughs) Yeah, the first one, I mean, I love the dialogue in the first one, even though it's really bad. But that's sort of the point. It's so bad that it's good. Um, It was definitely a big step up from the first Resident Evil voice acting. And then the music. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of music in the game. Um, there was the safe rooms, which was pleasant. There were a few rooms that were like, they had this intense music for no real reason. There were a few rooms that didn't have any enemies in it, but it was like, it's like, there's nothing here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the zombies sounded pretty cool too. Like when they're, it seems like the last game, they're just like, uh, Uh, Where this game, they sounded a little more ferocious. I don't know. I think just overall, a a good enhancement from the original. Awesome. Um, I gave the music and the sound um, a nine. Um, I think overall it was really good. They had good music. um, And also they had good use of not using music and just using sound effects. Um, There were a lot of areas where... There was no music, and you just heard yourself walking around, or you heard zombies in the distance. It was really good, because sometimes when you take away music, it enhances the atmosphere, too. Um, But that being said, even though I like 
a lot of the the sound effects and the music. Um, I do feel like the zombies in particular are a little cheesy. Like they sound like they're hilarious. They're hilarious how they yell and moan, but <laughs> but it sounds a little cheesy and a little less realistic, but uh, still a lot of fun. Um, did you notice? Overall, I think. Sorry, did, did you notice that when you walk over different material that the footsteps change sound? Yeah, like if you if you walk over like metal grating or or if you're outside. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, if you're walking on glass or if you're walking over like wood particles or something and it has like a crunch noise to it too. Just like the small details that make it all the better. Yeah, um, I think they did. They did really well with it. Uh, they had some variation in the first one, I think, with sound effects with stepping. But overall, I think Resident Evil Two did a much better job. Sure. So um, overall experience of the game for me, I gave it a nine out of ten. I had a lot of fun just experiencing this game for the first time, and. Um, you know, learning the layout of the game as a whole took some time for me, but it wasn't like, I don't know, I just, I, I enjoy that aspect of it, of figuring out the, the map and learning where the zombies are and trying to piece all that together with, um, like, timing of when to take out the zombies. Like, do I have enough ammo to kill the zombies in this hallway or not? So, I don't know, I just very... Uh, very well designed to keep me on my toes, and I appreciate that. I gave it overall a 10 because this game really is a big step up, a really big enhancement from the first one. Um, nothing that they did with Resident Evil 2 was to its detriment being a Resident Evil game. They only enhanced it. Um, they did a great job. The story is great. Uh, the music and the sounds are great. The gameplay is great. Graphics are great. And the graphics are over 20 years old and people still play Resident Evil 2. It's still playable. It's still very enjoyable, very replayable. Um, I think overall it, it 100% deserves full marks, 10. Sure. So that, that brings my score to a 44. And uh, it looks like your score is a 48 out of 50. Um, yeah. So that's a 9.2 out of 10 for the total score between the two of us, which is a really, really good score for a really good game. It does make me really excited to try Resident Evil 3, which is definitely on... It's on the backlog for sure. Um, well, that one... <laughs> That one is going to be probably a little more frustrating than Resident Evil 2 or even Resident Evil 1, but um, you'll still enjoy it. Sure. I don't know. I, I went into this game thinking that it was going to be really difficult, and then I was relieved that it wasn't quite as difficult as I was anticipating. I, in fact, when I started playing the game, I'm like, oh, no. 
I'm going to have to start playing this game. Like, I was excited, but I was worried that it was going to be so difficult that I was just going to embarrass myself. But no, I really enjoyed it. I really, really did. And I'm glad. Thank you so much for, for playing this game with me and reviewing it with me because doing it by myself is not easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always love I love playing horror games. I love Resident Evil. I'm always down to play more. Well, I might hit you up for Resident Evil 3 soon. Sounds good. I'll definitely do that. That That is one of my least favorite Resident Evils, but I will play it. I will replay it. <laughs> well, I, I hate... No, oh, sorry, I just hate Nemesis. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. I might hate him too. Actually, I'm sure yeah, I probably he- will. He's just so frustrating. I like to take the slow route and enjoy the atmosphere in Resident Evils, and it's a lot harder to do that in Resident Evil 3. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I agree with this game. Just even finding myself backtracking a little bit and just enjoying like like being outside you don't spend a whole lot of time outside it's really just like get into the the police station as quickly as you can but like to go back and walk around outside is just kind of neat you know to just uh, just to look around you know and find stuff that you missed the first time through or whatever i don't know it's it's a neat game to just experience even without you know pushing to beat the game just to wander around oh yeah totally agree that is probably my only gripe with the remade resident evil 2 is that they made the game so incredibly dark that looking around and enjoying the game like the beautiful graphics is hard to do because the game is just so dark you're walking around in darkness the whole time and it's a little bit of a bummer because i would have loved to walk around and enjoy all the hard work they put into everything. Yeah, that sucks. I, yeah. I was going to ask you about re- the remake of Resident Evil 2. Do you feel like it's a faithful remaster remake? Honestly, yeah. I think they did a pretty good job. My gripes with it are very small. Like, um, the the darkness, I feel like it's too dark. Mm-hmm. Like, the game. Just the screen is too dark all the time. And also, I feel like the zombies are... Um, a little too bullet spongy, but there's still a challenge, which is good. Sure. But overall, it, it is a good game. It's worth playing. Yeah, I'll have to pick it up sometime and give it a shot. All right, well, I think that ends it for today. Jinx, thanks again for hanging out and reviewing it with me. I do appreciate it. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, of course. The next game we're going to play is um, Chrono Trigger. So we're probably going to start playing Chrono Trigger um, soon, within the next few days, probably next week, uh, depending on when you're listening to the podcast, I suppose. Um, but yeah, Kaylee will be back reviewing that with us um, soon. I, I, it'll probably take us two months to play that game, because it's a, it's a bit longer than especially Resident Evil 2. Speaking of, Jinx, how long did it take you to beat Resident Evil 2 this time around? Uh, <laughs> uh, a few days. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like how many hours yeah. roughly? Uh, well, if I, if I really get into it during a day, I'll play for like, I don't know, eight plus hours each time yeah. and I'll end up beating 
one of the scenarios the next day and then starting on scenario B. So it only takes me a few days, really. Sure. It took... My my scenario playthrough was about... Um, about nine hours for the first... For Leon's scenario. And then a little bit longer for Claire's. Mainly because I got lost. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the police department. But otherwise, I mean, ab- about... 18 hours total um, for gameplay, which which is pretty good for, I don't know. I, I feel like I got, if I had paid full price for the game, I would have felt like I got my money's worth, especially since there's so much more to do, too. So that's great. Oh, yeah. All right, so we are going to end it here, guys. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast episode. Jinx, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye. <laughs> <laughs>